Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown! This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Bet Online and the FFPC. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined, as always, by Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. And uh, we talked last week, uh, a very popular episode last week about zero RB for 2020. A lot of people know Sean uh, for his zero RB work uh, back. I believe now Sean back in 2013, but uh, Sean is here always uh, as the co-host. And uh, Sean, how are you doing this week? Excellent. Had a little uh, excitement with a wildfire here in the Tucson area that uh, made last week a little bit of an adventure. Got a little bit close to some of the neighborhoods and all of that. Got to spend a few days in a hotel, but uh, that fire is still going. We're we're still very thankful to the firefighters and and all the people here in town who are working so hard to to deal with that. But back back in the house, back doing the normal fantasy football thing. Have some cool articles that have come out the site is going strong and excited to uh, chat about a few of those today yeah lots of good stuff coming up on today's show and the show later on in the week on thursday sneak peek to thursday show we'll be looking back at the mfl 10 of death which uh, along with sean and many other leading industry experts uh, drafted and we'll be running through some of the picks some of the rounds and giving an overview and that's i'm really excited for that show later on this week um sean mentioned the excitement thankfully uh things getting a little bit more under control for you sean just out of interest switching to both sides of the atlantic sometimes i do this where we compare this weekend had exceptionally good weather where i'm from i would imagine it's going to pale in, conter- in terms of the temperatures especially with the wildfire but uh what, what temperature are we getting up to uh over over stateside sean with with you on a, a regular basis well i think obviously some huge uh, variations across the country talking to one of my friends out in uh, massachusetts yesterday said it's still getting pretty cold there at night here in the desert we are hitting 105 on most days so uh if you go outside you're you're gonna need to try to figure out a way to get from air conditioning to air conditioning in, in a real hurry yeah that's that's crazy um it, it hit 23 celsius here uh over the weekend which would be you know termed extremely good weather uh <laughs> here in ireland which would work out at uh, 73 fahrenheit so that is that is peak here so i don't know how long i would last sean uh out there in arizona i uh went to the grand canyon when i was there a couple of years ago stayed in las vegas for a couple of days and it was around 100 at that stage too and uh I, I struggled dramatically in, in those heats. So let's show, hope we uh, bring a lot of heat to today's show with the, the topics we're going to run through. Um, and we're going to look at a number of different things. But before we do that, Sean, we're going to jump into the FFPC stat attack. Yes. And today's stat attack, we're going to look a little bit at one of the guys who are profiled here in a bit. And we're talking about our 10 most undervalued players for redraft in 2020 and so looking at ffpc numbers here uh juju smith schuster gonna be one of those guys we discuss his ffpc 
uh, best ball ADP. And you can go to the tools and you can check out uh, best ball ADP, redraft, dynasty. You can compare those. You can pick out your favorite format, see what the players are going for, who's rising, who's falling. Uh, his FFPC best ball ADP is 38. Our Rotoviz redraft ranking is 14. So not a big surprise that he shows up on that list. A few other interesting stats here. We're going to talk about this in the context here in a second. But the 62nd pick of the 2017 draft was a monster in his second season. Obviously, that the season before last, scoring 298 points and racking up another 25 fantasy points over expectation to go with the ridiculous 67 FPOE from his rookie year. Uh, Colm, once we get into the section on these undervalued players, we'll talk about why those numbers are so meaningful. Yeah, and uh, Juju has been... You know, last year was a down year, but if you look at the situation with the Steelers, and we'll hit on this a bit more in a minute, it was like, you know, probably as much as could went wrong, went wrong in that situation. But that was the FFPC stat attack. And as I've mentioned on the last couple of shows, the FFPC is home to the best fantasy football leagues and contests in the industry, including Dynasty, Best Ball, and of course, the world famous FFPC main event. To learn more or to join the league today, head on over to myffpc.com. That's myffpc.com. And of course, as we'll be talking about on today's show and every show, we have a handful of tools specifically designed for FFPC domination up on the Rotoviz website. So Sean, when we look at the 10 most undervalued redraft players in 2020, there's obviously a number of candidates that can come into this. And when you look across the industry, there's there's different uh, you know rankings, there's different opinions. But when we look at what we're looking at on the website, there's you know a number of characteristics that you've looked into to this. Uh, you know they must be undervalued overall. So you know across adp uh, rather than just in a, a one-off they must be undervalued within their per- position as well uh, they must receive approval of all the rankers um, that have been involved and it must be a personal target of sean's and drafts as well so there's a key criteria sean is there anything that i missed out in that criteria no we're following along with a similar format that we used with the 10 most undervalued dynasty players and uh, this was one of the sort of reader favorites on the site obviously it's something i like to do it's fun to find uh, those groups of players that we think are significantly undervalued one of the things about the dynasty undervalued players we saw some real trends there where young wide receivers really popped up over and over again about the players that you need to own if you want to build a dynasty now moving into redraft here we wanted to look at it a little bit differently make sure we covered all of the positions for you give you those running backs give you those tight ends and this criterion of being undervalued overall it's actually quite tricky for running backs for tight ends specifically because wide receivers are so undervalued that makes it difficult even if you have running backs undervalued within their position we don't see a lot of running backs who are still undervalued overall simply because of the structural inefficiencies there but when you do find those running backs then you may have uh, really found something the other thing that i think thought was kind of interesting for this exercise is that i was using the ffpc adp and obviously we have tight end premium scoring with that our regular redraft ranking sort of split that in half there's a little bit more emphasis on tight ends but also uh sort of this just regular scoring emphasis into the ranking. So if you find a tight end who is undervalued in your regular redraft rankings, undervalued within a system that's tight end premium, then again, similar to the running back situation, we can be very confident that we think those guys are strong value. So have some wide receivers, have some tight ends, have some running backs, and, and let's get into it. We'll look about five of these guys, give the listeners a chance to check out the other five 
on the website. And Colm, I've picked out a few guys here. Who's most interesting to you to start off with? Well, I think the, the Juju one, you mentioned the, the start, the Juju Smith-Schuster, and I think that there's a pretty interesting one because I do think that like the opinion has really cratered on him over the last 12 months. You know, Heading into last season, you know, Antonio Brown was out of town. Everything was all systems go on Juju. And if you look at the minute, the ADP in the FFPC is 38, as you mentioned earlier in the show. Um, and if you look at the positional rank or the positional ADP that we have is at 13. So there's there's quite a, quite a jump there. And I, I think when you look at it, he is somebody who has almost been forgot about. You know, we talk about how running backs can get forgotten about quickly or fall down the rankings quite quickly. And I know he's only a 38 overall in terms of FFPC ADP, but that is quite a, you know, a drop in for somebody who is at an age where should be looking to ascend, should be looking to take that step forward, become a real superstar uh, in the fantasy football game. And uh, I think that people are overlooking that. The, the other ones, I suppose, there's, there's no real surprise. Calvin Ridley's in there as well. I think that we're going to see ADP continue to rise and get closer. I think that gap between what we have and what everyone else has is going to to really close in quite soon. Uh, somebody who's interested in a, you know, there's quite a gap in it. Um, there's quite a bit of talk over the last uh, couple of days about him, and that's Naheem Hines and. I've thought about this a couple of different times and you know you look at a, a quarterback coming into a situation um, and things may not work out for the quarterback things may not work out for the players he's playing around but if you look at Philip Rivers he's consistently had that you know running back who was a pass catching specialist you know he had Danny Woodhead uh, obviously had Austin Eckler has had success with Melvin Garden you know in those roles he's but he's kind of looked for that Eckler that Woodhead option more often than not and in this situation now with Hines there is obviously the the big concern with him that he now has uh, Marlon Mack who was pretty pretty consistent as a runner uh, and then obviously the situation with the the young rookie who we expect to come in and really tear things up from from the off so it kind of looked very glim there for a little bit of time for Hines but I think there's you know at his current ADP and at his current value if we look at the gap between him at 150 overall in FFPC and then the positional ADP we're looking at a situation where Hines is pretty much going well uh, beyond where we'd expect him to go uh, in ADP and he's somebody I think that you know while I do own him in a lot of dynasty leagues I was starting to ease off the the pedal on that heading into best ball but the way things are breaking at the moment he's one of those players who particularly in a PPR format that you know, can have a, a big, big impact if, if he can. Like, it doesn't take a lot for him to exceed his expectations. As a rookie, uh, I believe it was 80 receptions. There was only a couple of rookie running backs who had ever done that previously. And, um, you know, he had last season, which was the down year. Then I think we can see things bouncing back. So I think in, in this particular offense with Philip Rivers, I think he could be somebody who's a, a sneaky under the radar uh, pickup. And I, I do agree that he's undervalued off this current list. Is he somebody, obviously for you, this list is a personal target of yourself. Where are you filtering him in? Because we have a few running backs in this list and the 10 names. Is he somebody you're really, really prioritizing? He is. And he's ended up on a number of my teams over the last several weeks. Uh, MFL 10 of death, which we'll talk about on Thursday, two or three other uh, best ball leagues that are directing right now you mentioned his ffpc adp of 150 we have him at 127 overall so even with that uh, structural issue there at the running back position you can see that we have him quite a bit ahead of that adp then you look specifically at running backs his positional adp 58 we have him at 45 again a pretty solid gap right there he's going to be a strong target for us now Going back to Juju and, and tying in some of those numbers that we talked about in the FFPC stat attack, 
One of the things and one of the reasons why I really like Smith-Schuster, other than simply the fact that he has shown himself to be an excellent football player, an excellent fit for this offense when Ben Roethlisberger is healthy, if you go to the site, you pull up the wrong read number 46, the series by Blair Andrews that is just, I think, the best fantasy series on the internet. That article is the anatomy of a wide receiver bounce back. And you go through, you read through that. Not surprisingly, what you find is that a true bounce back for wide receivers who have a 50 plus point decline is somewhat rare and it's somewhat difficult. However, when we are finding those bounce backs, we're looking for a set of criteria, somewhat straightforward, actually fairly intuitive, but still difficult to hit. Now, what we're looking for is a young player, a relatively early draft pick, a player who was prolific in the season prior to his decline, a player who was efficient in the season prior to decline. So again, that sounds exactly like Smith Schuster, who he somehow played three seasons in the NFL, won't turn 24 until November. And then obviously we saw both huge points and great efficiency going into last season where everything fell apart. So uh, simply in terms of what we've seen from history, he's one of those guys that is a prime candidate to bounce back. I think that once he does bounce back, you're not going to be able to get prices like this on Smith Schuster for another half decade, maybe even uh, eight, nine, ten years until he gets back to the prices we're seeing today. So certainly I think that he makes an excellent acquisition, both in Dynasty, maybe somewhat straightforwardly there, but also in redraft, right? Because I think in redraft, people are thinking, well, I mean, he's a good acquisition Dynasty. He's still young. He's been good. He's a wide receiver, so has that potentially longer uh, tenure to look forward to. He'll be you know, viable as a fantasy player longer. But when you're looking at redraft, people are sitting back and saying, okay, well, prove to us that you can do this. Now, to a certain extent in these high leverage rounds, that makes some sense because you have a lot more uh, risk up here than you do, say, someone later like the Heinz that you mentioned. At the same time, this year where you're looking at the bounce back, that's actually the year where you're going to get the bargain. And so it doesn't really help you that much to say, okay, well, let's wait until 2021 when he's proved it, because then you're simply paying for something that, again, is very much a no-brainer. And so I like the idea of taking the risk here. Uh, certainly, if you have a spot, I think, really in between where we have him ranked and where his ADP is, that's probably the best place to pull the trigger on him, uh, but certainly one of those guys that we're very excited about. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome. Welcome bonus. That's one word, Blue Wire. Bet online, your online wagering experts. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz Radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com. Click subscribe and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now 
on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. Sean, I'm sure many of the listeners have listened in already uh, to the show, but I know that you were on the mailbag last week uh, on Road of His Radio uh, and a great show there. You know, a lot of good stuff with Mike Randall, but one of the big things was the the talk of TJ Hawkinson. And I know he's somebody who you're very interested in. He makes the list as well without giving too much away. There is two other tight ends on it, and I just want to get your opinion of which one, um, you know, you, you are most interested in this year and i think i know the answer to this one it's the one higher on the the list out of the two but there's erv smith and there's gerald everett and um, both of those have been people who you have like this list there's these names have come up from time to time um and you know they're players i know that you like but obviously out of those two um is there one of them that um you know you, you do really expect big things from in 2020 well i think that smith has just a a perfect uh ramp for him here uh, we talked a little bit neil has a cool article up on the site someone recently talking about you know could he be the 2020 mark andrews that's not exactly uh neil's thesis but it goes into that a little bit i don't think that that's going to be, be the case obviously if for no other reason then kirk cousins is no lamar jackson he's not going to have you know that element in the offense but you know, Smith was a, an undervalued prospect. He's now a guy that fits into that tight end breakout window that we talk about for top 100 draft picks at the tight end position, breaking out in that second year. Now, he doesn't post gaudy numbers as a rookie, but one of the things that I really liked to see from him when you're talking about him playing in a lineup that already includes Kyle Rudolph, so you have this established quality veteran tight end. Smith played in 60% of the snaps last season, and down the stretch week eight to week 17 he actually put in 68 percent of the snaps so his snap rate already there he's on the field and now with stefan diggs departing i think there's a chance for his target share to now jump up and sort of fit in with what we've seen with his snap share so someone again who is very young undervalued prospect in the breakout window and now i think really a great opportunity in this offense where he's currently going in drafts um you know not not free by any stretch the ffpc adp 149 we have him at 140 positional adp the 23rd tight end off the board we like him as the 19th so you know try and get him a little bit ahead of adp there certainly don't reach by uh, a wide margin but someone who has a lot of upside to be kind of that late round tight end breakout guy for 2020 you get one of those guys and you contrast that with how much you have to pay otherwise for the top tight ends uh very good risk right here yeah i think he's gonna be an interesting candidate there was you know plays last year as you mentioned in there with with the other tight end and kyle rudolph and there was long periods of time last year where rudolph was really not non-existent in that offense but uh, i think as you mentioned with digs i think we'll see both of those tight ends uh you know with more targets but qu- quite a good number of targets as well for a rookie um finishing up on the season with 47 36 receptions 311 yards just the two touchdowns but a lot of a lot of good consistent production in there and i think that we could see those numbers all uh increase across the board and you know tight ends in the red zone that's that's where Ked Rudolph has made his success over over the years up until very recently and I think we could see uh you know Irv Smith take the step into that area um moving forward here 
We didn't have any quarterbacks in the uh, you know the underrated portion there off the show, but if you did uh, want to see some quarterbacks and you know dive in to some undervalued players at the position, Madison Parkhill has a, a pretty cool uh, piece up on the website. He's looking at eight quarterbacks to target based on intelligence from the Game Splits app, Vegas Lines, and the Strength of Schedule streaming app. So uh, head on over to look at that on the website if you are looking for some quarterbacks to target and some uh, very, very interesting stats to look through. Uh, Madison Parkhill has that up on rotoviz.com. We're looking here at Blair's work, and you mentioned one of the wrong reads earlier about the bounce back wide receivers. Uh, when we're looking, he's looking at drafters still chasing the wrong things when targeting second year running backs. It's the wrong read number 62. Um, f- just as a, a brief overview for the listeners, the main thing we would do here is uh, advise them to go and read the entire article, uh, read it uh, in its entirety. But looking at it uh, straight off the bat, Sean, what was uh, your key takeaways? One of the interesting things here, and you mentioned the title, the drafters are still prioritizing the wrong things when drafting uh, second-year running backs. It's very interesting. Blair has had this series where he's been looking at player efficiency, certainly looking at running back efficiency, and specifically efficiency for young players and how that fits in to the total equation. Now, he has looked at this within the context of production and within the context of win rate, two different things because a player can be productive, but can be overdrafted. And so then your win rates are a little bit lower, which is one of the things that Jack Miller talked about in one of his recent articles. Jack's got a ton of stuff out there right now talking about best ball win rates, the types of players you want to target. Certainly uh, we suggest you go check those out in Blair's article here. He's got one of the, He's got a correlation matrix with a bunch of running back stats year one to year two. And he pulls out some interesting things that I think people uh, generally are not aware of. And the first thing that he discusses is that total efficiency is more predictive of future PPR points than total opportunity. Now, again, this is for year one running backs going into year two, not the entire running back universe. And Discussing that then, he's looking at it becoming most apparent when we look at rush expected points, so rush EP, and then the per efficiency metrics. And we see that these workload metrics are not very good at telling us what the player is going to do in year two. And that's an important distinction to make, I think, since so much of what you hear out there in the fantasy community is simply taking volume from the previous year and drafting those guys. The fact that we've always sort of pushed back against this in various ways uh, through zero running back, through some other strategies, certainly we talk about the win the flex tool all the time that shows how there's the structural inefficiency in terms of how running backs are drafted versus wide receivers. This is one of the reasons why zero running backs, zero running back works. And it's one of the reasons why we have some of these other elements jumping out on the site showing you that people maybe aren't drafting running backs the way that they should be now the cool thing that he then does is he talks about some of the real specifics in this including the fact that receiving expected points are a little bit undervalued receiving production overall for rookies is undervalued receiving efficiency is undervalued and then what he's done is he's built a simple model to project second year ADP right so a little bit different than projecting scoring again we're looking at that disconnect between ADP scoring win rate and 
With that model, he gets a very, very accurate model just with draft position, which he points out is also more important than volume from the rookie year. Draft position coming in there, total expected points, and then total fantasy points over expectation, the efficiency number. And he's able to project ADP for us and then look at that within the context of the 2020 second year class. Now, Colin, looking at this chart here, what are you seeing in terms of running backs who are undervalued, running backs who are overvalued, and what that tells you in terms of maybe some specific targets that you might have in your drafts? I suppose when we look at the the first one and player points, this one out, the first one is in terms of who may be undervalued at the moment, and that is uh, Tony Pollard. And he's a player, Sean, that we talked about a couple of weeks back, and you were seen as a possible zero RB candidate. And obviously, we hope that uh, Zeke Elliott will be well and healthy for the, the season. But obviously, the reports coming out over the last couple of days that he was one of the Cowboys players that had uh, tested positive for COVID-19. So we have a situation where Tony Pollard's ADP was already kind of a little bit low it might grow you know rise because of that but he he's somebody who shows on this list um you know has been undervalued the other players then that fall into that undervalued category are you know players like justice hill and benny snell and justice hill obviously is you know reading from the 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 draft and how things worked out there you know pre pre pre-draft we were pretty positive uh post-draft it's a little bit uh more kind of neutral but uh, justice hell still somebody who falls into that now the one that obviously stands out as being overdrafted or you know overrated i guess we could say or overpicked in terms of their adp and that's david uh, montgomery uh, one of the lead points of this article was montgomery and you know last year sean we talked about a lot of times we talked about you you kind of took miles sanders in the early point of the season and i kind of took dave montgomery and things continued to be a case where i was saying that i was in the wrong and you were in the right um, and i think that'll continue on to the the end of both of these guys careers but um dave montgomery's rushing efficiency last year was was very poor um, and if you look at his current adp and where he's going uh, it really is kind of getting into a line where the value and what people are expecting him to get maybe based on just solely volume is something that is very hard to chase especially with how inefficient he was last year and what the issues that that uh, kind of running game had but Dave Montgomery is the one that's really standing out um, as a you know a real a real uh, proceed with caution or a real avoid scenario at at this current moment for me yeah Montgomery obviously someone who we've been a little bit skeptical about the numbers don't look good for him here in terms of where he's going versus where uh, his overall profile suggests he should go three other interesting guys who aren't necessarily overvalued i would say but have mild red flags and as we look at overall team construction we want to think about what they can do for us in terms of Blair's work here we see that miles sanders josh jacobs devin singletary all going a little bit earlier than would be expected now Sanders Jacobs, I think obviously in situations where most fantasy owners see them as having a ton of upside and not a lot of competition in their running back depth charts, I think you can make a similar claim for Devin Singletary, who I think is going to get all the work that he can handle this season. But what we want to remember there is maybe there's not as much upside still available when you're drafting guys as early as those players are going off the board. Uh, in a lot of cases, I think we're sort of being pressed into taking those guys simply because if you fall behind at running back, a lot of people think that you're going to get into deep trouble with the current running back ADP. Those guys may be pushed up a little bit higher than they should be. Well, to finish this out here, then, there are two candidates, especially who look sort of wildly overvalued. And again, I think we see that a little bit of that may be based on the offense, 
based on the potential opportunity. And uh, those two names, Alexander Madison, Darrell Henderson, two very different situations there. Henderson obviously having Gurley leave. Akers has come in. Certainly people think he's going to be the main guy, but that Henderson might still get some work. Madison's someone we're going to talk about a little bit on Thursday. He's one of the big risers over the last week with the news that Dalvin Cook may hold out. Given that both players look very overvalued based on their profile, are you still targeting either one of them? Uh, currently, the one that I'd target out of the two would be Madison if I was going to do it. Uh, both of those guys kind of a little bit, um, as you mentioned, they're overvalued in what I've been trying to target recently. Uh, the situation with Madison's obviously kind of almost the reverse of Henderson. We had the situation um, where Henderson looked to be the, the lead guy heading into the NFL draft, and then obviously uh, with Akers coming in has changed the outlook of some people. So his uh, his overall ADP has kind of rebounded down a little bit. It had peaked up um, you know, around about 75 now it's back down below 100 so um probably in the right frame there for him and um, the other one that you mentioned there um being madison has is kind of springboarded on the opposite side with the news that um cook is possibly going to miss out but you know I, I, out of the two um I think they're both kind of 50 50 shots as to, to what the success rate will be this season i think madison's is more depending on cook being there so if you were looking for who's is kind of independent success without the other player on the roster uh, i think henderson's probably the safer pick off the two and sean that's going to do us for today's edition of the show as always give us a written and review uh, off the podcast on your favorite podcast app uh, continue to spread the word of the show it's great to see the numbers growing every week in terms of the listenership as everyone's getting ready for the 2020 season and it's brilliant to have all the listeners here each week to to listen in and uh, enjoy and bring you the shows on a regular basis uh, second show of the week will be coming out on thursday evening so be sure that you're ready for that check out the other great content on the road of his radio network and until we're back on thursday with another show my name's colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at over to marland my co-host as always is sean siegel make sure you're checking out the phenomenal work he's doing on site and we'll be uh, talking through more of that great work on thursday's show so until then have a good one thank you for listening to overtime on road of his radio please rate and review the road of his radio podcast on itunes or your favorite podcast app you can contact us via email at road of his radio at gmail.com follow us on twitter at road of his radio and remember you can always support the pod by subscribing to road of his with a 30 discount through the road of his radio homepage road of his.com forward slash podcast